Welcome to the After Party with the Sober Capes, where anything goes. Come hang out with us every Thirsty Thursday while we sip our favorite booze-free beverage and talk candidly about our lives and sobriety and our party girl pasts. And let's get the After Party started. Welcome to episode 52 of the After Party, another special edition of our Sober Moms Month. This episode is especially special because we have our sober cousins and family members, and we're super excited that we get to share sobriety with them and get to talk to them today. And they're both moms and... I'm your co-host, Big Kate. <laughs> and I am your other co-host, Little Kate. And that was a very good, long introduction. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. So today we have my cousin, Trish, who I've known since I came out of the womb. Well, she came out of the womb. I'm older yeah. than her. <laughs> and we have your cousin, Danielle. Yes. Who I've known. She's older than me. So from birth. Yes. Yeah, so um, let's first start with Trish. Trish, you want to introduce yourself? You have children, obviously, your sober date, yep. any information? <laughs> yeah, I'm Trish. Um, my sobriety date is November 21st, 2012. Um, I got sober at 24. Um, I'm in AA. That's kind of where I like have found a solution. And, um, you know, I have three boys, five, four, two and a half, and I have one in the womb right now <laughs> that will be popping out in September. But yeah, um, being sober alone without kids is, can be, have its trying times, but being a mom, it really like, you know, makes you want to throw the kids out the window a little more, <laughs> like you don't have like a release, but you know, it's all good. So I'm really excited to be here and just, you know, talk sobriety with people because it's been such a huge part of my life. And it's just like, the doors have open, opened up for me that I never knew were even there, you know? So that's that. I hope that's okay. <laughs> yeah, just Perfect. popping them babies out. <laughs> right. So is, uh, that's our family genes, I guess. Yeah, we're fertile, you know? Yeah, I'm not ready for that yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> and then we also have Danielle, which is Big Kate's cousin. Yeah. Hi, I'm super excited to be here. Um, I have followed you guys for a while on Insta and listened to your podcast. And obviously, Kate being my cousin has been such uh, inspiration to my sobriety. Um, my sober date is October 28th, and it's been a little over two and a half years now, which is crazy. Um, and I have a son who is going to be 12 next week, which I don't know how that happened when I'm still 25 <laughs> in my mind. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I'm so happy to be sober and I have to echo what Trish said, you know, it's opened a lot of doors that I didn't even know were available to me and to be present for each one of those moments and, and be grateful and be able to accept them and have a clear head while doing it has been just mind blowing. Beautiful. So the, one of the big reasons we wanted to have you both on here is because they, Obviously, we love you. We're related to you. And, um, but also that Trish, you know, you got sober before you had your children. Yep. Hi, Louie. And Danielle, you got sober way well into motherhood. So, 
Uh, it's two different perspectives that we're definitely interested in. And, you know, we know nothing about motherhood and sobriety. So we know that I have everyone- a dog. Yeah. I do have a dog. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Sorry. And I have a stepson. <laughs> what? <Whatever. laughs> <laughs> um, so Trish, do you, could you ever picture yourself with children or both of you before you stop drinking? Um, did it seem like a possibility to take care of a tiny human and yourself? Um, you know what? Like I think back of like when I was drinking and literally like nothing mattered. Uh, I like I, if I had it in my head, I was going to drink, I was going to drink and I didn't care who I stepped over, who I stole from. And it just, I, like, I have siblings and I'm the only one sober in my immediate family and they have kids. So they're all around the same age. And I just see how they party. And it was always like a little different. Like mine was like, you know, I was like high in the closet and stuff, but like, and I, I see how they get at the end of the night and it makes me uncomfortable. The idea of like someone blackout trying to take out kids, like take care of their kids. And then dealing with them hung over. So like as a sober mom looking on to that, like, I'm like, I don't, that would be horrible. You know, like it's hard enough dealing with kids when you're just tired and not feeling well. But like, I do believe like, I, I try to think like, would I have stopped drinking if I was actually pregnant? I don't know because I still drink coffee. I still eat lunch meat, like all this stuff that you're not supposed to do, you know, but I'm like, whatever. But, um, I think it would be very, very challenging. I, um, believe that like my mental health would be like, it, it would have been my mental health would have, I probably would have killed myself. And I don't mean that in like a joking way. Like I seriously mean that because that's where drinking took me, you know, like when I couldn't handle life, I just wanted to disappear. I didn't want to wake up like all that terrible shame, guilt, and remorse, you know? So that's um, my perspective on that point. But um, that's it. Popcorn Danielle. <laughs> <laughs> And I actually have um, a little bit of a different view just because I was partying while I was a mom. You know, I got I got uh, pregnant unexpectedly at 28. Um, it wasn't in my plan to become a mom when I did. So it was kind of like overnight, I was expected to be this responsible adult. And, um, you know, I'm a single mom. So it was, I can, I can identify with the fact that, you know, you're, if you have it, that you're going to party in your mind, that you'll find a way. And I think if I look back at some of the things and situations that I had myself and Kevin in some situations with me, um, I, it makes me really sad and, and kind of embarrassed. And, um, I'm just happy that I'm not in that place anymore. And that's kind of one of the reasons why I got sober, right? Because I was putting us in, in situations that weren't any place for a kid and just justifying it with, Oh, I work hard or I'm, I'm, you know, he's fed, he's clean. We have a house, all of these milestones that I was able to achieve while drinking and yet not really be there for, you know, with being hung over the next day and missing the whole day or parking in front of a um, TV or having him have sleepovers at friends' houses when he was really young and probably not ready for that. So uh, yeah, I think it's, it's a mixture. I mean, I was able to mom, he's a great kid. 
Um, but I just am so grateful that I stopped now so that I can still get to experience it while he doesn't hate me yet. I mean, he's right on that verge of the <laughs> line. So there's only a little bit longer. Were there ever times like, cause I mean, he's almost 12, right? 12. So were there ever times where like the next morning he'd be like, mom, what was happening last night? Or like, was there ever times where he was like cognizant of like that you were like in an altered state or, and like, how did he see that? And what did he think about it? Yeah, that was actually one of the, um, one of the things that made me stop is seeing his little face look up at me a few years back. And it was like, almost like a panic. Um, and he said, mommy, you're not going to get drunk tonight. And I was like, wow, I still, my stomach just fell even saying it now, just because it hit me that deeply. And it was really one of the, one of the reasons it made me stop. Um, and just, I remember another time I was like throwing up the next day and I had to lie and be like, oh, I'm just really sick. And he's like, are you sure mom? <laughs> or he'd be like, you know, it's just, it was just a bad scene. Yeah. I can kind of relate to that. So my little brother is 11. So kind of the same age as your son. And when I lived with my mom, like growing up, I just, I felt the guilt of like being hung over around him or like, I'm a huge puker, like when it came to drinking. So like just throwing up and like having like a little kid, like walking in or watching or being concerned. Mm -hmm. I always felt that like extreme guilt and shame, like, wow, I should be a good role model. And I feel like I'm like, he knows, like he, you know, how, like you get paranoid, like they know they can smell me or like, I'm, right. sure he didn't, he, I'm sure he didn't know, but it's just like a projection for me. It was like a projection back. Like, wow. Like I remember what it was like growing up with my dad and like, I knew. So mm -hmm. it's, it's a vicious little cycle. It is. It definitely is. And justifying it, right? Like, um, you know, there's the wine nights with moms and we would all have our kids there and it would be like, you know, just what we did. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's a huge part. Do you ever feel now like left out of that mommy culture? I mean, either of you, like Danielle, did you lose friends from it? Um, the, the women that you were doing that with and like Trish, do you find it hard to like, get in with like a play group or like other moms, if that's their MO? Um, you know, it's funny as like you guys were talking, especially about the kids and um, they really like to, um, I think just um, in uh, like social media and just even like in ads, like really gear, like wine and drinking towards moms, you know? And like, they've even come up with like people who have crickets that love to make glass like wine glasses and it says my kids the reason you drink or whatever for the teachers and it's you know um fortunately like I have like made like a lot of great like a, a network of women in sobriety that are moms so but now like my oldest he'll be going into kindergarten and like even in preschool like the PTO thing it's like oh come to the like open night like um like the back to school night and then have like sips and whatever like they're like, it's always, drinking's always going to be a part of the culture. So it is awkward. And I am like nervous about that because it's going to be out of my comfort zone. And I don't want to be like, hi, I'm Patrick's mom. I'm sober. You know, like no one gives a <laughs> shit. About, you know, and like, but, um, and even like we have like local mommy groups. It's like, oh, mommy's night out. Like, 
let's drink wine, you know? And like, I think I'm like, yeah, but like, I don't stop at wine, you know? And then I'd be popping like Adderall and then I'd be like finding something else. Like there, it just never was enough. And like, she wants to deal with other moms really, you know, like <laughs> I like your kids are annoying and you're probably annoying when you're drinking. So yeah, I think it is like awkward because like it like is a commonality for a lot of women because like, oh, let's, let's have wine and like bitch about her kids and husbands. Like I can like do that with like an iced coffee, but I also don't want to be around you when you're drinking wine because you'll be annoying. So yeah. Yeah. And um, I'm still friends with the girls that I drank wine with. We had Thursday wine nights and um, actually it was my my best friend who lives right around the corner and I would show up at her house on Thursday nights with like three bottles of wine for myself because I was like, <laughs> it wasn't going to be enough. <laughs> um, but uh, she got pregnant right around the time that I got sober. So it actually Perfect. worked out great. And um, it, there was that pressure off of it a little bit now. And my, um, you know, it, it just, the timing was great. Um, and now that she's obviously no longer pregnant, she still drinks. Um, and my other friend that used to come over all the time, she still, still drinks too. And I think one of the things when I first got sober that I really tried to make known is that I'm still the same person, like underneath all of it, I'm probably even a, a much more whole person, a happier person, and you'll get a more real version of me than you were prior because I was, I was just trying to numb so many things. And I've, and within sobriety, I've had a chance to kind of process some of that. Um, so what I've found too, is some of my friends have reached out to me now when they have those nights and they're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Or I, have, I need to apologize to everyone I know. And they like kind of lean on me a little bit. And a couple of friends have even asked me like, how do you do it? How do you still go to the parties where everyone's drinking around you? Or how do you still hang out with us? Aren't we annoying? Or aren't we somebody that you don't want to hang out with? And I can, I can say that, you know, there's outliers that I don't necessarily hang out with all the time because they're just in deeper than I'm comfortable with. But my closest friends I have held on to, and it's actually been, it's made our relationships closer. Yeah. I feel like that's how you can tell who your true friends are because mm -hmm. they get to see even more of the better parts of you. Like for me, I can, I'll speak to big Kate when we drank, it brought out some shittier parts of us most of the time. <laughs> so like when you get sober, you're able to like open up and be more vulnerable and show your friends, this is who I actually am. Mm -hmm. And I was using that as a crutch, as a way to numb my emotions. And like, you're going to get so much more like of a friend with me like this. So it's mm -hmm. a win-win. Yeah, definitely. But uh, just to like kind of touch on what Kate was saying, I remember like, my one really good friend that like she still drank but she never was a drinker like she would nurse a drink and I'm like oh my gosh and like I try to control my drinking around her and I remember like that point of like I need to tell her like what's going on in my life like because either I want her as a friend or I don't and like that feeling of like her not liking me because I'm not drinking you know it's like such a warped thinking and like we're still like pretty present in each other's lives so you know it's just the lies that alcohol tells us, you know, definitely. Yeah. Or like I, you can be the last man at the party. So <laughs> they're your friends. 
I just had that. I was saying, I was telling you guys before we came on, I went to that nineties party. Right. And it was for one of my best friends in the world, 40th surprise party, everyone's drinking. And then, you know, there's the after party. There's the let's go to the bar. And I'm like, I don't need to be the let's go to the bar friend though. I was the one that was here early setting up the party. Like I'll be that one. And then I'll go home and get a good night rest. (laughs) I found that like once, you know, you're with your drinking friends, once you told them like, yeah, I'm sober now, or I'm not drinking. It's like, they pretty much disappear immediately. So wow. Bye. Um, Trish, you touched on it a little bit about like the mommy wine culture. And, you know, you said, you know, my kids are the reason I drink. And like, to me, that is just like one of the cringiest things that I could imagine. And like, that I think about, but I know that like, if I was still drinking, like, I know my, my like goal in my life was to be like a suburban wine mom. <laughs> Like I would have been right there and um, I'd like to think I wouldn't like have a wine glass that said that, but um, I'm just curious what you guys really think about mommy wine culture or mommy's juice or any of the other names that they call it. It's just like so corny, you know, (laughs) it's, um, but also like, I'm so like far removed, but like, I'm also not that far removed from like motherhood, you know? And, um, it's just, um, I mean, I think like as a culture, I think we've learned how to be very open and honest with like really what's going on, especially with like mental health. Like we have like the knowledge out there and, um, you know, I, yeah, I think, I just like think it's like so lame and uh, like, thankfully though, like, you know, coffee's a big thing, like a coffee culture you know but first coffee you know and um and messy top knots like people have made like being a mom like more real you know and um definitely like more acceptable to be imperfect like not to be perfect but like also it's like oh I'm gonna be that mom that's like hungover or whatever but uh yeah I'm like so happy I'm not a part of that because then I don't get to embarrass myself in front of like potential parents of like their kids being friends with my kids and like making a scene or trying to like make out with like their husband or whatever, like not making mistakes. So I'm really glad I won't like, like if I'm embarrassing myself, it's like legit, like I'm tripping or like, you know, it's completely pure and me. And I'd rather that than like black out because that's what I did. Like I couldn't tell you like 10 years of my life, which is kind of sad, except like one time Kate and I were in CI. <laughs> like it was like I still like cringe when I try to recap that night and then we were doing the walk of shame on the freaking promenade and then we see your dad who like got up early like hustling and oh my gosh it's just like funny to think back but like when I think like uh, I know it's just like a whole my dad still brings that up my dad still brings that up sure and like we're still like reeking and like that was like the summer that did me in like I, um, I'm just so grateful. Like, and I get very emotional. Like when I talk about like where I was to where I am now, because like, I really, I should be dead. I really should. And, um, like the, where like drinking took me and like, you know, it's interesting now. Cause like, I feel like I have so many more issues and like mental health, like <laughs> I'm on like medications and like all that stuff, but it's okay. Like, I know what my problem is. I know what I need and like self-care, self-care, self-care. So um, the mommy wine culture, to bring it back to the topic, they think like self-care is like, you know, 
drinking about their kids, which rock on. Like if you can do that and still show up like more power to you, I could not. Like I would probably like be gone for a couple of days and like kids take care of yourself. Here's a box of fishies. <laughs> like <laughs> knock on the neighbor's door if you need something, you know? Um, I agree. And that's also a fine line in the mommy wine culture too. So it's like very um almost like oh you're so cool if you're in the mommy wine culture but then there's there's like the other side of it where if you are the drunk mom if you're the one that takes it too far or if you're the one that's at the carnival that's falling over or the hayride who's like the super drunk mom there's it there's a judgment that that comes at you too so it's like you have to drink the wine but there's also like you can only drink this much wine to still be in the cool club um because if you if you are the really super drunk mom you're not cool anymore so it's just a it's a very very it's like playing with fire you know and um it's interesting because I would have separate different groups that I would drink with and it was like I would try to control it but never could I always felt like I was the mom that was falling at the hayride you know (laughs) so um it's just better now and and like Trish said you know you don't want to embarrass yourself in the group of moms where you're going to want their kid to visit your house and they don't you don't want them to get made fun of at school because their mom's the the one that is falling in the hayride you know it's it's a very slippery slope have you fallen at a hayride I have (laughs) experience yeah Yes, I have. And a carnival. <laughs> and, I, and I say it and like can laugh at it now. But at the time, you know, you wake up the next morning and it's like you want to just curl into a ball and never leave your house again because you're mortified. And you don't even know who really saw you, who didn't, or if they even knew it, like, or if they just thought you tripped over something, who knows? But it's one of those moments that sticks out for me as a mom, as not one of my proudest moments. And like, let's be real, like the mommy wine culture is basically like all the chicks that like you went to high school with. Like I made a fool of myself in high school to the point where I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to get homeschooled. Um, I want to transfer whatever. Like, and I was able to like finally get far away from that. But like to embarrass myself with mommy culture, like I would be the one that made everyone else feel better about their drinking, you know, like, oh, let's invite Trish because she'll make us look better. Like, oh, guess what Trish did, you know? And like you said, Danielle, like, I want to be that mom where, like, people trust their kids with, you know, like, I don't want to, like, have that responsibility of, like, possibly putting someone else's kids, like, in danger with, like, driving or, like, not being present. Right. And you said your oldest is going into kindergarten? He's gone into kindergarten. Yeah. So it's a whole new ball game for you because whether you're thrust into, um, whether you want to be part of it or not, it's kind of like you're thrust right back into high school. Um, just because the clicks and the mom clicks and the, you know, there's drama that comes along with it and all of it. Um, and what's cool about it is because Kev is older and I mean, he's played football since he was six years old. So I have this crew of moms that I was drinking with and partying with or hanging out with. And now I don't, but because they were my friends and um, we built those relationships and our kids are growing up together. It's like this, this like bond that it doesn't matter. And they're cool with it or without it. And that's, that's the coolest part too, is you're starting out 
already like with your best foot forward. So you're going to find like your awesome crew of moms and have like a tribe because that's what happens. It's like your kids are growing up. You're going to need to carpool. You got multiple kids. It's going to be like, like a crew. And it's, it's the mom, like, I hate to, um, like, I don't want to judge any of the moms. Like if you drink cool, if you don't drink awesome, but it's, it's nice because you, you form like a mom tribe. And it, and it's one of my favorite things about having Kev grow up and him being in the same area. Um, cause they're, they've turned into some of my best friends. That's awesome. It's very funny. You guys talk about the like the mommy wine culture and you're expected to drink, but if you get too drunk, you're the one that they're judging. When I think like, just from my outside point of view, it's, it's okay for a lot of normies that can drink to like play up to that wine culture, but it's like polarizing because society expects mothers to have it all together and like wake up, make the lunches, make the, so it's like such polarizing things. Oh, there's a dog. Sorry. (laughs) <laughs> my, my ADD. I was for, for a second. I thought it was Louie, but I was like, wait, <laughs> really freaked me out. Um, yeah. So they want society wants moms to be cool and hip and drink the wine and do the yoga, but they also want them to be strong and the heads of the household and keep things clean and drive carpool and soccer games. So it's like, what else are we putting on moms that they already have enough just within themselves. Mm-hmm. I was just like right after pregnancy and God forbid postpartum depression and all that, that nobody really knows what you go through unless you've gone through it. Yeah. I was just thinking too, like the mom, I remember the moms that like to drink from when I was in high school. And then they was always turned out to be the moms that like let their kids underage drink in the basement. I was underage drinking in my basement. What does that say about your mom, Kate? (laughs) She didn't know. (laughs) You hit it well. Yes, I did. So now that you guys, you know, aren't drinking, you're sober, what are your main coping mechanisms? If there's any anxiety, stress around motherhood or just getting time for yourself, what is it that you go to now? Danielle. <laughs> Thank goodness. Um, I try to anyway, most days. Um, I, I try to work out in the morning first because that is like my one Zen place. Um, but I don't know, that doesn't always, it, it sometimes causes more anxiety because it's like another thing on my checklist. And if I don't get it done, I'm like beating myself up. So um, I know, like we say, like sobriety, it's so great. It's so awesome. But a lot of things actually came out when I became sober that created more anxiety. And like, I put more pressure on myself. So I don't know, sometimes it's reading, sometimes it's singing, whatever I can find to kind of escape my own brain um, is, is what I go to. And um, I'm actually now able just for the first time this year to drink those like zero alcohol beers I like drink them every once in a while, not necessarily as like a stress relief, but it is kind of like a, you know, somebody around me is still drinking and they're like, oh, I'm going to have a beer. I can be like, oh, I'm going to drink this. And and it's zero alcohol. And it still makes me feel like, all right, I'm having a beer with people. But I've recently been able to do that. But nothing bad's going to happen. I know, yeah. but I'm still going to wake up and do all the things tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, I would say like, you know, it being a mom is stressful. I think just being an adult is stressful, you know, and, um, you know, finding like self-care is extremely hard, you know? Um, but like, especially since like the pandemic hit, I think, um, that brought a lot out in a lot of people. I like just, I'm going to generally speak on that, but, um, I know for myself, like I ended up like picking up reading, you know, because you know what, like really like caused me anxiety was like freaking social media, you know, and like what I wasn't doing and why did I like X, Y, and Z, why does my house not look like that? And like, you know, I, as I, stay sober I've realized like you know you're peeling the layers back of the onion and you're like more will be revealed and it sometimes it makes me so frustrated I'm like I just worked on myself I just got through this one part and now I have to deal with this other part of my life this you know and um so like I am like clinically diagnosed like with depression and anti and like with anxiety disorder whatever and um I'm sure ADHD is in there too um so like and I, so I do therapy you know so I do AA I have a sponsor like I'm really plugged into like the program, but also like the program doesn't help my mental health. So like, I make sure if I'm like going through something, like I pick up the phone, I talk to someone who has gone through it, or at least can suggest something. Um, I try to pray. Cause like in, like, I have like a higher power that like I have found and like, you know, it's all this stuff that, you know, what you need to do, but like, I know for me, I'm stubborn and I'd rather like you know, wait till the pain gets great enough before I actually have to take care of it. But, um, you know, it's, um, I, I know I'm not in this alone, which makes it great. And I have my outlets and I have my resources, but if I, like, I would never, ever want to let anyone in on who I really was. And today, like, I'm okay with being vulnerable. I'm okay with asking for help, but it took me a long time to get there. And I also, um, you know, need to learn to set boundaries with family and like, really like figure out like who's, who I'm safest with really. And, um, as a mom too, it's like learning, like, all right, who are my kids safe with? Like I I'm in control. I can't just let it be a free for all. And like, you know, as a, like, so around like five years of sobriety, like, um, memories of like childhood trauma came up and, um, that was, Oh, so like overwhelming to deal with, you know, but like, I didn't drink, I didn't pick up. I, like, did I want to? Yes. Did I want to like use something to relieve that pain and disappear and not think about it? Absolutely. But I didn't. And here I am like on the other side. And like the way I got through that is from other women that I experienced that. And that's like been my like experience in sobriety, AA, and just being open and honest. Like when you come across someone that has gone through that experience and can guide you. So like definitely, um, you know, talking to other women, like women are like, you guys carry me when I can't carry myself. So, um, but self-care, that's always like tough. You know, I'd like to say like, I'd work out, but I'd be lying. Like today I went to Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> I mean, I am pregnant, but like I ordered three orders of the hash browns. Okay. Like, and like, I have no shame in that, but like, or I show like Oreos in my mouth, you know? So, um, is that self-care? No, but it is like a drink for me right now oreos or chocolate but yeah um oh yeah i definitely have chocolate issues now i don't know if you guys have that like since you stopped drinking but the sweets are like oh i think i have like i need like a new whole program to stop my <laughs> my dessert constant deserting yes well, i <laughs> pretty much think that i need like a treat after dinner every single night so yeah me yeah well, i've always yeah, I've always loved candy, but now I'm like, oh, I can get to, I can get ice cream tonight or like 
oh, I'm not drinking. I can eat this whole bag of licorice. Like, what's the big deal? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, and I use like ice cream to like celebrate or like be sad. And that's kind of like my... <laughs> Or to watch TV or yes, just yeah. to <laughs> celebrate Tuesdays. Yes. Yeah, to work out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sometimes I even do it when I'm like out to a dinner with everybody and they are drinking and I'm like, ooh, I made it through this meal. So, um, and everyone's like, no, I'll pass on dessert. And I'm like, give me the menu. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. You guys will stay here until I'm finished. The lava yeah. chocolate cake. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Oh, God. <laughs> Now I right, like that's your dessert. that's your <laughs> bottle of wine. <laughs> yeah, that might be passing off addictions, but we'll we'll get on that on another episode. <laughs> that's episode fifty three. Yes. Yeah. Have I don't know if Trish, you're like open since your kids are so much younger, but um, Danielle, I know that Kev is aware of everything going on did you have you had to like sit him down or talk to him about sobriety or what drinking is well you know what's interesting is now he's at that age right he's 12 he's heading into the teenage years they've that's been when taught, i started 12 yeah, I, me too oh shit and they've you know they've been teaching him about it at school and like you guys remember um that dare program that like mm-hmm. came to your school and gave you all those awesome ideas about how you could huff glue and like yeah. you know, <laughs> eat a, eat the cream until the can was over and like you didn't know any of those things and then they like brought this dude in to like give you a tutorial I will, <laughs> so when I got the note home that they were going to be talking about that in school I'm like oh my gosh here it is here it is <laughs> but it's such a different like I don't know it's such a different time Mm-hmm. for these kids than it was when we were uh, it, you know Trish you mentioned the pandemic and that has put such a halt on you know their social interactions it has really sh- like shrunk his circle of friends um so I'm really tight with the moms that he is hanging out I know what's going on I know the moms that are going to party and he's not necessarily over there without me unless I'm there to, to know what's happening. So it is a weird age. And I have had to have those conversations. And plus, you know, I drank in front of him for a really long time. So he'll have iced tea in a cup and one in a fancy glass. Mm-hmm. And, or like, if we're celebrating New Year's Eve, we have sparkling cider, but we'll have it in champagne glasses. So I, I think as much as um, there's a curiosity there, there's also a really open dialogue. Like I make sure that he knows if he has any questions about drugs or sex or alcohol or any of it, if they're uncomfortable and they make me turn purple sometimes. Um, but I'd rather have him ask me than his friends. And I want him to always know that no matter what, if he's in that situation, he's uncomfortable. I am 150%, no matter what time of day, I'm able to come get him. There's mm-hmm. not a moment when I'm going to be wasted and unable to save him. And that like through and through keeps me on the straight and narrow. Yeah. Like um, the little guys, like they like grew up in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, like I was a mom that like brought, had the baby strapped to me and I would like, you know, they grew up in, they're growing up in the rooms, which is like a gift. But like, I also like, and like Danielle, you were saying, like, I am so happy that I'm going to be accessible to them. But I also like, it makes me think like my mom, when it came time to like, oh, can you take us to the movies? Can you take us to the, like the CYO dance or whatever? And she's like, I'll drop you off, but you better find someone to pick you up. And I'm like, well, as <laughs> yeah. I like, as I'm older, I'm like, cause you were wasted, you know, but I'm um, like, so I don't want to always be stuck being the mom picking up, but 
you know, we can like provide information, live by example, but like, no matter what, like, it doesn't mean they're bulletproof from this disease, you know, like, they, um, I mean, it's so, it's, it's an epidemic, you know, like between the drugs and alcohol and like, I like try not to like prepare myself for something that hasn't happened yet, but like the idea of like one of my sons, like becoming an alcoholic and like, the chances are great. You know I mean? It's in their bloodline. And, um, but like, I have to understand I'm powerless over it, but I can like plant these seeds throughout their lives. You, like you were saying, Danielle, like use moments this is like scary. Cause like, I'm like, I'm like hard enough to like handle my, like I feel like I need someone to like still carry me, but it's like, I'm responsible for these little people and like to teach them and like to mold their minds. And, um, but I also have to let them fly. So I just hope they yeah. don't fly drunk or anything, you know, like not to like weird analogy or anything, but yeah. That's the hardest part. And if I think about it, like my mom has been such an inspiration um, because she's been sober since my youngest sister, um, who's now 28. Um, but just seeing how strong she was in being able to stay sober and like just knowing what I put her through. Like here she is, the sober mom, watching me go down the same path, if not worse in some cases and having to do that. And oh my goodness, it just like keeps me up. And I know, I, I know that he's curious already. So it's going to happen. And you know, his dad and I aren't saints. So um, it's definitely in his blood, but it's just, knowing that hopefully if I stay open and like I don't freak out he'll tell me about it I guess I don't know wish me luck (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think that's all you can do is just be an open channel for your children and like instill that trust in them that I remember Mm -hmm. the first time I smoked weed and I got high it wasn't the first time I smoked weed it was like the 20th but it was the first time I got high and the next day I was, <laughs> I was, I was still high. I was paranoid and my mom went to go shopping and she's driving down the street and I chased after her car crying to tell her I got high. <laughs> Cause I was like, I just need to tell her she, I need to let her know. And like, that's how the relationship should be. Obviously I stopped telling her things after that, but yeah, <laughs> the trust was there. <laughs> yeah. Is there any sober mom resources that you guys like to go to any Instagram pages, website that you want to share with the fellow sober moms or just moms that are looking to change their lifestyle or try sobriety? Um, I don't like know of like any like, 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 uh, influencers, but you know, what author I thought was really great as like, just like part of her story is Glennon Doyle series. Like her first book is like, you know, a series of her essays and then it's the carry on warrior and then untamed. Like, I just think, um, that just opens your mind and it's not strictly about like sobriety, but it also, she is sober and she doesn't necessarily do AA or anything, but she has like the sober lifestyle. So, um, but for me, I like, I do Alcoholics Anonymous. So that's where like my resources are. And right now with the pandemic, it like they have Zoom meetings and everything. So it is more accessible. Um, But that's kind of like where my resources are, my inspiration. 
Um, I actually, I follow a couple different ones. I'm blanking right now. Um, <laughs> like, um, I follow you guys. <laughs> they're, they're my inspiration. Um, I think another um, really cool book I read was, um, I think her name is it's like sexy sobriety or something is her is her tag name on Instagram but she had this like awesome um book and I don't know and I'm blanking oh this is terrible but her name's like Becca and she has um a sexy sobriety is like her her Instagram thing I think I don't know I'll have yes. to look at it real quick um, Rebecca but- Weller thank you thank you for fact-checking <laughs> me I was butchering that but her book was awesome and it was like right when I was kind of newly sober and she talked about like getting wasted at, I think it was like a, a baby shower or like a bridal shower or something like that. And, and just having like that moment of like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? And um, I, I could just really relate to her story. So that was one. I also like YouTube videos. I know that's probably kind of dorky, but I it's do. Right in line with your 12 year old. So. I was going to say, yeah, that's, that shows that you have a a tween child <laughs> yeah they, he watches he watches those grown men playing video games and I'm over here just watching like those inspirational like 10 minute things where they're like you can do it you've got <laughs> in the morning I'm like I this. <laughs> so yeah that's kind of my go-to all right so that's Bex Weller and it's the book is it a happier hour Yes. Okay. Yeah. I've Mm -hmm. heard of good things about that before. Yeah. It was really good. I recommend it. Now that I know what it's called and (laughs) thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) I'm the fact checker. We're not sponsored by her. (laughs) (laughs) Please sponsor us. Yeah. (laughs) Actually tag her. She will like right back to you. I did it because I was like tagging her in my stories for a little bit. I was like, this book is epic. And she like showed up in my, my DMs. And I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> You're like, I'm fangirling over this sober I, account. I, I, I totally was. Been there. Been there. Been there. <laughs> I still have screenshots. Who do you guys? I know like you guys are the ones interviewing us, but like who all do you sober? I mean, follow that are like awesome people. Um, as far as moms, like I'm obsessed with like the sober mom squad. Cool. It's um a few different moms. Uh the one is Highlight Real Recovery. She's actually hilarious, makes really good like reels and TikToks. Um Jessica Jen, Landon. Yeah, Jessica Landon. Jen, um, uh, I think her username is Resurrection of Me. You know, they're all just super, super inspiring. That whole group. Cool. Thank yeah. you. And isn't something Jenkins, what's her name? She's like really funny. Like she oh, um, like the Grove and like um the that monthly uh, yeah. What's her name? She's sober too. And she's kind of like a like a circuit speaker kind of person. Yes. What is her first name? Kim. I want to say like juggling Jenkins or something yeah that's exactly what it is yep she's We're getting early. <laughs> <laughs> juggling Jenkins yes she's hilarious okay she does this about like redecorating her her house with like her husband and she it's her like she dresses up like her husband and has like a fake mustache on <laughs> <Yes>. and it's <laughs> 
hilarious. I literally was crying. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Um, And for me, this is going to be corny, but like Trish is my like sober mom inspiration. (laughs) I swear she's like the coolest. First of all, she was the coolest before she had children, but now she's like the cool mom. And I don't know if you can see behind her, but there's crayon on the wall. (laughs) Yes. And she's like one of those moms (laughs) that like, she just lets her kids be so creative and themselves and isn't like screaming to get the crayon off the wall. It's just like, that's, that's the artwork now. Like you missed the spot, all right? Like, <laughs> yeah, she's just so cool. She's just like a really cool girl. Thank you. <laughs> I always thought you were like way cooler than me. Like when we went to the Spice Girls concert, you know, this has to come out like in every story, but we were my first concert. My dad made it sound like we were going to like the state county fair. I didn't know what that was. I'm like, the Spice Girls are totally going to be there, but we were going to Montage Mountain yeah someone got poison ivy somewhere but we weren't drinking we were like total tweens okay we were nine uh, nine years old oh my gosh it just seems like yesterday you know but um I just remember thinking like my cool cousin Kate you know (laughs) yeah so thank you guys for coming on I mean we hope this was insightful to like the sober moms out there and you guys are two regular sober moms. Like you're our do- favorite sober moms. Yes. Thank you. You Thanks. are. And um, it's been so much fun. And we love moms and we love sobriety. sobriety. <laughs> and we yeah, love sharing it with you too. Yeah. And you know what? Like everyone deserves it. You know, people talk about like sobriety is like hitting the lottery. You know, you don't realize it, but you know, it only gets better and like more will be revealed. You know, as long as you don't pick up a drink or a drug to tie this in a, you know? Yeah. (laughs) All right. She just ambiguous knot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's like a to be continued dot, dot, dot. (laughs) Thank you guys guys so much. Thank you for joining us. And um, thank you all for listening. And we love you. Love you. Love you too. All right. Thanks for having us. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining the after party brought to you by the Sober Kates. Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to keep the after party going, follow us on Instagram at the Sober Kates. <laughs>